You're listening to the Seabreeze Church Podcast. Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Now, uh, I'm Ethan. I'm the family pastor here, and uh, great to see all of you today. And I'm not sure what image comes to mind for you when you think about going on a road trip. But here's the image that comes to mind for me. This is my son. This is my son, Richard. And I'm pretty sure his neck is not supposed to bend that way. He was fine. Don't worry. When you consider that this is just kind of a normal part of the road trip experience for kids, it's, it's no wonder that the children are notorious for asking the question, are we there yet? Uh, and it's, it's a valid question for them to ask, because I think whether you are the five-year-old in the back seat or you're the 35-year-old in the driver's seat, you want to have some kind of sense that you're making progress, that you're actually advancing toward the destination that you're aiming for. And so in this series, the series is called, Are We There Yet? And we're asking that question. We're not asking it of the Johnstone family vacation. Instead, we're asking, a, asking it about where we are going as a church. And it's, it's a valid question for us to ask. We want to not be a church that's just kind of spinning our wheels. We want to be a church that's actually going somewhere. We don't want to just have a lot of activity. We want to be moving toward a destination, making progress toward a destination. And to make progress and and to know that we're actually making progress, there are several questions that we need to answer. So the first of those questions is, where are we going? That's an important question. Where are we going? Two weeks ago, uh, Bevan, he answered this question in his message. He answered it by breaking down our mission as a church. And here's that mission. Let me read it for you real quick. Our mission is thoughtfully inviting broken people to experience transformation in Christ. And so if you want to know where it is that we're going as a church, what this church is all about, this is it right here. Thoughtfully inviting broken people to experience transformation in Christ. So a clear destination is important for making progress. The idea of making progress without a destination, it's really kind of an an absurd idea. You can't make progress on your way to nowhere. You can't progress toward nowhere. But then, practically speaking, a final destination isn't quite enough. We need a little bit more than that. Behind the destination, there also needs to be some milestones. So on a Johnstone family vacation, Just like with your vacations, if you're going on a road trip, you always have that clear destination in mind. For us, that destination, sometimes it's San Francisco, sometimes we're going up to Oregon, but we have a very clear destination. And we also have a very clear milestone. This McDonald's is a very clear milestone for us on our trips. Maybe you recognize this McDonald's because you've gone over the grapevine and you've had to stop at this McDonald's. So this is a very clear milestone for our family. We know that if we make it over the grapevine and we are eating McDoubles or McNuggets by 11 a.m., right when they switch from the breakfast menu to the lunch menu, (laughs) we know that we're on track. We know we're making good progress toward our final goal. Um, Now, as a church, we also have a major milestone. We have a major milestone goal to keep us on track toward our mission, and that's our goal for 2022. So here's our our goal, kind of our milestone goal for this year of 2022. Let me read this for you. It says, we want to become a church where the gospel moves out from us like a groundswell that brings restoration. 
Okay, well, how's that going to happen? This will happen as each of us takes next steps toward sharing the gospel with the goal of 100 people inviting someone to respond to the gospel over the next year. So the gospel, as it says in here, the gospel, it's the good news. It's the good news that Jesus came to die for our sins and to repair our broken relationship with God. That's, that's the gospel. And our goal for this year is that each of us would take next steps toward sharing that good news with others. And then that the result of that would be that 100 of us would be able to share that good news clearly enough with someone that we can invite them to respond to it. So between our mission and between this kind of 2022 milestone goal, we know where it is that we're going. The next question is, where, or why are we going there? We know where we're going. Why are we going there? Last week, Elliot, in his message, he answered this question by walking through our values as a church. So these values, you can see them on the screen. I'm not going to go through each of them. Uh, these values, they represent our motivation for moving toward the destination. So we know where it is that we're going. That's our mission. We know why it is that we're going there. That's our values. What we're going to do today and this week is we're going to tackle how do we get there? How do we get there? And that's important because in, adi in addition to a destination and a motivation, we also need a strategy. And that is, that is a workable plan for how to get there. Now, I went to college. Um, I went to college over in Riverside. And one day when I was in college, I got this idea in my head. And I don't know how I got it into my head. But I wanted to go visit my parents who lived up in Fresno. So I, I was going to go from Riverside to Fresno, about 300 miles. And I wanted to do it by riding my bike there. So <laughs> that was my idea. And furthermore, this is how bright I was as a college student, I decided I was going to do it in 24 hours. So I was going to do 24, uh, 300 miles in 24 hours. That, that, was my, that was my big goal. And my plan then was to leave at 11 p.m. at night. Again, not sure why I chose that time to leave. <laughs> and get there at 11 p.m. the next day at my parents' house. So in this situation, I had a very clear destination, right? My destination was arrive at my parents' doorstep um, by 11 p.m. the following day. So my motivation was clear, my, uh, or my, my destination was clear, but my motivation was also pretty high. I, I, was, I was fired up. I was ready to do this, take on the challenge. So the problem wasn't my where. I knew where I was going. The problem wasn't my why. I was, I was well motivated. The problem turned out to be my how. So what I did is, uh, because this was the days before I ever had a smartphone, I went to the library. I got on MapQuest and I printed off step-by-step -step directions, uh, you know, uh, avoiding freeways and that kind of thing, Riverside to Fresno. And so I started. I started riding at 11 p.m., and, uh, at, you know, sometime around the wee hours of the morning, I got to this spot. I was way up in the mountains, pulled up to this spot, total dead end. I was, to I was committed, but total dead end. So what looked like a good road on MapQuest turned out to be really just little more than a trail. So I was done. Instead of triumphantly arriving at my parents' house in 24 hours, I just kind of pathetically limped back to my apartment in time for a late breakfast is where that ended up. So it was a failure. Now, at the end of the day, this was an arbitrary and it was a trivial goal. And so the consequences of my failure was really nothing. It was just maybe some damaged pride for myself. That was about it. Now, for us as a church, the mission that God has given us, it's not an arbitrary mission, and it's certainly not trivial. And so our success and our failure, it actually matters. Our success or our failure in this mission, it's going to have eternal consequences, 
and it's going to have generational consequences, both of which we hope will outlive us in a good way. And so because the stakes are high, it actually matters how we get there. The how needs to be a whole lot better than step-by-step MapQuest directions. And so at Seabreeze, what we do is we have five strategies, five strategies for answering the how question. And so together, these represent a reasonable and a workable plan for how to get where it is that we're going. So this morning, we'll do this. I'm just going to briefly go over the five strategies, and then we're going to drill down into two of them that are especially important for us to lean into this year if we want to accomplish this goal in 2022. So if you want to know where Seabreeze is going, if you want to go where Seabreeze is going, these are the five things that you can do. First is relate in real life. So most of our community is not going to show up here on a Sunday morning. Relate in real life means that we just don't wait around for them to come to us. We actually go where they are, we relate with them, we serve them, and, and we do that there. We don't wait for them to come here. Next is attend a worship service. So everybody's doing this one. We're good. We're all doing at least one of these. Attend a worship service. Uh, this is what you're doing. This is a weekly large group meeting where we come, we hear from God's word, and we worship God together. Uh, next is connecting a group. Joanna talked about this during announcements. This is, in a, in a gathering like this that's so large, it's great, but it can be difficult to find, uh, develop more meaningful connections. When we get into growth groups and, and smaller groups and we connect in that setting, that's when we're really able to be open, honest with each other, challenge, and encourage each other. So it's great timing. If you're not in a growth group, you can do that today, and they can get started just this week. So connect in a group. Next is volunteer on a team. This is where we all contribute. We contribute to the mission. We jump off the sidelines, and we serve alongside one another by volunteering on a team. And then lastly is engage in a learning environment. These are focused training opportunities that equip us to navigate life God's way and then to fulfill his mission. So these are the five strategies, and the two that we're going to really drill down on today are the bookends here, relate in real life and engage in a learning environment. So relate in real life. At the heart of relate in real life, there's really two things. And we see both of these two things show up in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, in this passage, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to a church in Thessalonica, a church that he helped start, and here's what he says. He says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. So first thing he says here is, because we loved you so much. And this shows us right here his motivation. It shows us that he's not, what he's about to say, he's not saying it out of some obligation. He's not saying it out of some sort of selfish gain. He actually loves them. He cares about them, and he wants what's best for them. That's, that's his motivation, what he's saying. And then he says, we were delighted to share with you. Now, as a parent, I see my fair share of begrudging sharing, right? And if you're a parent, you're familiar with that, sharing really kind of against, against your will because you have to. But when I see one of my kids actually do this, actually be delighted to share something with a friend or with one of their siblings, man, that's awesome. That warms my heart because I see that that kid is delighted to share something. That's, they're saying that they love, they really love their sibling. They love their friend. They're delighted to share what they have with them. And so that's what's going on here with Paul. And the thing that he's delighted to share is his life. That's what we see. He's delighted to share his life with them. And that's the first big idea behind Relate in Real Life. When we talk about Relate in Real Life, we're talking about sharing life. 
And specifically, we're talking about sharing life with those who are outside of the walls of this building and who are not followers of Jesus. And so in this way, relate in real life, it's different than all of these other strategies that we looked at for Seabreeze. And the way that it's different is that it's the only one that shows up on our individual calendars, but isn't going to show up on the church calendar. So we can't put help neighbor move refrigerator up flight of stairs on the church calendar. But that's where relate in real life happens. And we can't put grab lunch with coworker at Chipotle on the church calendar. But that's where relate in real life is happening. We don't put anything on the church calendar like invite family from kids soccer team over for a barbecue or over for a birthday party. But that's where relate in real life is actually happening. And so it doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing. Relate in real life, it just occurs when we lift up our eyes and we share life with those that God has placed in our path in real and meaningful ways. So it sounds easy enough, right? Sounds easy. I want to pause. I want to be just honest with you. This is something that's actually real hard for me. It sounds easy, but this is something that I actually struggle with in a number of ways. And I think that one of the reasons that I struggle with this is that I actually like you guys. I actually like you. Over the years that my wife and I have been here at Seabreeze, we've gotten to know you, and, and we like you. We like spending time with you. And you know what? For the most part, we kind of see eye to eye with you. Obviously, that's not a blanket statement, but for the most part, we, we, we see eye to eye, and, uh, and we agree on things. And so, if I have a choice of sharing life with someone that I know, I like, and I agree with, versus someone that, you know what, I don't know, I'm actually not sure if I like them or not, and I probably disagree with about a number of things, well, 10 times out of 10, just left to myself, I'm going to choose those relationships that are comfortable for me, those relationships that are easy for me. And I strongly suspect that I'm not alone in this. Now, knowing you, I do believe that there are a number of true exceptions to this, but I think for the most part, we're all kind of in this similar boat. Especially if you've been a Christian for a long time, we tend to gravitate toward those relationships that are just easy, that are more comfortable for us. Uh, what I've noticed in my home with my family is that there's just this natural drift for our personal pool of, of relationships with non-Christians to kind of shrink and do this over time. And so sometimes I'm the one who will notice that, uh, more often, my wife actually will bring it to my attention and say something like, you know, it seems like we're kind of in a season where we're really inward focused and we're not really being outward focused on others. We're kind of within our own little bubble during this season. And so when she brings that to my attention, I'm really grateful because it gives us a chance to address it and do something about it. And so kind of after eight years of this pattern, what we've learned is that we need to deliberately and seasonally reevaluate our schedule and look for opportunities to relate in real life. And when we do, we see that sometimes, uh, sometimes those opportunities, they're just right in front of us, and we just need to notice them and take advantage of them, and it's, it's very simple. Uh, other times, we actually need to make some adjustments to our schedule or maybe make some adjustments to our habits in order to create more opportunities to share life with those who aren't going to come here on a Sunday morning. But sharing life, it's not the only thing that relate in real life involves. It also involves sharing the gospel. So if we go back to 1 Thessalonians 2.8, we read, 
because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you the gospel. So recall the gospel. This is the good news that Jesus came to save us from our sins and to restore our broken relationship with God. And if having a relationship, a broken relationship with God, if that's not a big deal, then really sharing the gospel is, is unimportant. But having a broken relationship with God, that's a very big deal. And so sharing the gospel, that's not a trivial thing. That's a very important thing. And so, so Paul here, remember, he's got this genuine heart for the people he's writing to. He has a genuine concern about them. And so for him, um, he's not content. He's not content to just share life with them. He's also insistent upon sharing the gospel with them. So for Paul, loving someone means that sharing life and sharing the gospel, those two things, they go hand in hand. Now, a few months back here at Seabreeze, we did a survey just to kind of gauge where we're at as a church when it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Uh, it was really interesting to look back over the results of that. And as you look back on that, it's pretty easy to decipher what some of our strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, one of our strengths, it's very clear, is that we genuinely care about people. It seems that we as a church really have a heart for our friends, for our neighbors. We genuinely care about people, and we're serious about relating with them, sharing life with them, and serving them. So I think that's a real big strength of a, for us as, as a church. Where we struggle, and where we're actually pretty quick to admit that we struggle, is when it comes to sharing the gospel with the people that we're sharing our life with. And so this begs the question, why is it apparently so much harder to share the gospel than it is to share life? Well, Elliot mentioned some of the reasons last, in his message last week. He mentioned some of the reasons, like, it can be awkward. It can be awkward to do that. Uh, we also don't want to offend people. Another reason is sometimes we just don't think that people are interested in that in the first place. Another reason that came up in the survey is this, that sometimes we just don't know what to say. We just don't actually know how to do it. We don't know what to say. So a common scenario is this. We love people. We, we want people to have a relationship with God through Jesus. And, and we're actually pretty comfortable talking about God with people. We're, we're pretty comfortable talking about or mentioning God or mentioning Seabreeze. We're even really comfortable inviting people to Seabreeze. So I would say that's another strength for us as a church is we invite people to Seabreeze all the time. So that's a really good thing. But when it comes to actually using our words to articulate the gospel in a way that makes sense to another human being, we lack confidence. And the result is that we share life with people. But once we've mentioned God and invited them to church, we really don't know where to go from there. We kind of get stuck. And so this is a common area where we do. We get bogged down and we get stuck. Thankfully, the next strategy that we're highlighting today, it actually is about this. It's about helping us get unstuck, get some traction, and move forward in areas like this. And so that strategy is engage in a learning environment. Now, a learning environment, this is a focused training opportunity. At Seabreeze, you'll see these take a number of forms. It might be a conference. It might be uh, a class, whether just kind of a one-time class or an ongoing class. It might be coaching. But whatever the format is, the goal is to help us, help equip us to navigate life God's way and to fulfill the mission that he's given us. So in 2022, a major emphasis of the learning environments that are going to be offered at Seabreeze will be how to share the gospel, addressing that thing that we often get stuck in. But one thing that's important to note about this strategy is that it isn't just show up at a learning environment or sign up for a learning environment. It's actually engage in a learning environment. And engaging in learning is a little bit different than what we're used to. We're used to a more passive form 
of learning, where we kind of get credit for showing up, or maybe we show up and we take a, take a quiz or, or pass a test. But engaging requires a real active participation in the learning opportunities that come our way. And so there's a few choices that we can make to really help us do that, to help us engage in those learning environments that we have an opportunity to, to be a part of. Well, the first one of those is to choose humility. That's the first choice. So for us to engage in learning, a certain level of humility is required. Before we can grow, we have to acknowledge that we have room for growth. We have to acknowledge that we haven't already mastered the subject at hand. That requires some humility. So a great example of this is the marriage conference that's going to be coming up, that's coming up next month. So for those of us who participate in that, for those of us who attend the marriage conference, we're implicitly saying, you know what? My marriage isn't perfect. I actually have room for growth. I haven't totally mastered this marriage thing. I'm not the perfect husband, and I can, I can stand to learn from those who are farther down the road than I am. And that's something that might not require a ton of humility, but it does require humility to get to that point. Now, I also experienced this recently uh, with something that we've been doing on staff here at Seabreeze. What we've been doing is every week we've been preparing for this goal of sharing the gospel in 2022. And so as a part of preparing, we've just been going through these different tools for, uh, for how to share the gospel, uh, different approaches to sharing the gospel. And you know what? That's been a super humbling experience. As I've gone through that, I've just kind of come face to face with how much room for growth, how much, how much room for improvement I have in this area. But the result is that I'm actually learning a lot. Um, as I'm kind of acknowledging how much room I have to grow, I'm learning a lot, and, and the whole staff really has been. And one of the things we're really excited about this year is to take some of the things that we've been challenged in, some of the things that, that we're learning, and pass those on to everybody throughout this year. I think that's going to be really helpful. So engage, engagement requires that we choose humility. It also requires that we choose action. Now, uh, in December, I did something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, I finally got a rowing machine. So I've been thinking about this for a long time, finally pulled the trigger, got it in December, but I didn't want to start using it until January, you know, kind of like a January 1st kind of thing. And so what I did in, uh, in December is I just spent my time watching videos, learning about how to row or techniques for rowing, that kind of thing on, on YouTube and whatnot. And so the result of that is that I got really good at learning about rowing. So I don't want to brag, but of all the people in the room, I might be the best at learning about rowing. But now we're a couple weeks into January, right? And so it's becoming clear, I'm realizing that there's a difference between being good at learning about rowing and actually being good at rowing. Uh, those, the videos that I watched, those have been super helpful. I've gone back to them again and again over the past several weeks. But I could watch those videos sitting on my couch eating Christmas cookies and feeling good about myself. <laughs> which is exactly what I did. <laughs> but actually rowing, well, now I've got I've to start sweating. I've got to start putting in some effort. And I've really got to come to terms with some of my weakness. You know what? I'm not as fit as I hoped or thought that I was. And I've got to come to terms with doing that. But if I want to improve, if I want to get stronger, I actually have to row. That's the only way that that's going to happen. And so otherwise, it's, it's a waste of time. Now, similarly, when it comes to stepping into a learning environment where the goal is to learn from God's word, it's a waste of time unless we intend to actually put what we learn into action. 
Uh, read with me this. This is out of James 1.22. James says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he was like, what he looks like. So this image is of someone who looks in a mirror and realizes you know, his hair is totally messed up. He's got a big piece of lettuce in his teeth. And he just doesn't do anything about it. He walks away and forgets what he looks like. Now, it's pointless to look in a mirror unless you intend to make corrections based on what you see. It's pointless to watch rowing videos unless you intend to row. And it's pointless to learn from God's word unless we actually intend to do, put into action, what it says. So showing up at a learning environment, that's relatively an easy thing to do. But when we resolve to engage by putting what we learn into action, that's when we're really positioning ourselves to grow. Now, as I said, major emphasis of these learning opportunities in uh, 2022, it's, it's going to be how to share the gospel, sharing the gospel. That's something we'll, we'll focus on. And so as we present, as, as you're presented with those opportunities throughout the year, you can engage in them by doing these two things, by choosing humility, just realizing that there's room for growth, and then, two, by choosing to take what you learn and really put it into action. And as we do that, together, we can gain confidence. We can, we can build our confidence and take next steps toward sharing the gospel this year. And we can actually move farther down the road, make progress toward our destination. So as we wrap up this morning, um, there is, there's one learning environment opportunity in particular that I want to draw your attention to. And this one is specifically for parents who have kids who are in the elementary school age, and it's coming up next week. And so what this is, is this is a parent and a leader training that we're going to be doing for, for parents uh, of elementary kids and then for leaders who are, are leading in the elementary classes on Sunday morning. It's something that we do once a quarter as a preview of what that we're going to be teaching the kids on Sunday mornings uh, throughout the next several months. And one thing that's unique about this time is that we're going to be focusing on the good news. That's what the kids are going to be learning about over in the kids' building for the next three months, the good news, the gospel, what we've been talking about this morning. So I'm excited for that because it means that uh, what we're going to be, something we're going to be focusing on as a church is something that the kids are also going to be learning about as well. Uh, at the training, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we can work together to share the gospel with our kids. Parents and leaders, how can we work together to share the gospel with our kids? Now, interestingly, one thing that I found is that as I learn how to share the gospel with my own children, that's been one of the greatest trainings for me when it comes to sharing the gospel with anybody. And the reason for that is that if I'm going to explain the gospel to my six-year-old in a way that makes sense to her, that she can understand, then I've got to use language that is clear, it's concise, and it's simple. And so if I can boil it down and explain it to my six-year-old in a way that she can really grasp and understand, man, I, I feel like I can explain it to anybody <laughs> after doing that. And so I'm really excited for us to be able to do this, um, this training next week. So I invite you to, to come to that if you're a parent of a child in that age group. Uh, there's going to be two meeting times, one during each service. So come to the one that makes sense for you. It's okay if you leave your kid in the children's program for um, for an extra service that you're able to, to make it, that'll be fine. And we're going to meet over in room E, which is in the, uh, the student building. Um, with that, let's go ahead and pray. God, we thank you um, that you have something significant for us to accomplish as a church. 
God, we thank you that, uh, that we get to be a part of uh, churches who have been fulfilling your mission for, for thousands of years, God, um, across the whole world, and you've given us, God, a meaningful part of that. God, I pray that um, in, in, in our busy lives, with all that we have going on, that we wouldn't lose focus, that, that we as a church would not get caught up in just spinning our wheels, but that as individuals and as a group, God, you'd help us to be focused on, on, on living out the mission that you've given us, God. I pray that you would help us to lift up our eyes beyond ourselves. We confess that we naturally just focus on ourselves, and, and so I pray that you would help us to, uh, and you would remind us to be able to focus on others who are outside of ourselves. God, I pray that you give us humility to really learn as individuals and as a church, God, and Father, I pray that, that you would help us to take the things that you teach us from your word and put those into action. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Seabreeze Church podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit our website, seabreezechurch.com. Thanks again for listening in, and we hope you'll join us next week for the Seabreeze Church podcast.